face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. You are listening to a previously recorded conversation. We're, we're back. On another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about Star Trek The Next Generation. And I'm once again joined by my esteemed colleague and fellow Star Trekker, Trekkie, uh, the Doctor. Hello, Doctor. Hello. Are we live? We are live. All right. Well, Just checking. we're never really live, but you know, we're the closest to being in real time we've ever been we don't have too many episodes uh in the bank at this moment so Re- oh wow yeah really only, yeah this episode will air in about three weeks so oh. yeah it's not so bad maybe we two better weeks, we better get cracking this weekend yeah i know <laughs> sunday perhaps perhaps yes <laughs> All right, so uh, today we're talking about uh, Sins of the Father, and uh, I uh, wanted to offer you, since you, uh, Doctor, really love the Klingons, I wanted to offer you the chance to do the episode Why did I know you were going to do that? (laughs) Okay, let me me search my memory banks. Um, Now, you haven't seen it in a couple uh weeks, right? You haven't seen it in a couple weeks, right? Right. But I think I can do it. All right. Do it, do it, do it. I think I can do it. You jump in if I miss anything major. But um, the episode starts off very much uh, like a previous episode uh, where Riker went aboard the Klingon ship. But now it's the reverse. We have a Klingon who is coming aboard the Enterprise as part of that exchange program. That's right. And you start off the episode and you're like, oh, okay, it's a sequel to that one. And uh, we get this imposing tall Klingon with this amazing voice and played by Tony Todd the great Tony Todd anyways we'll talk more about him later (laughs) Uh, yes and uh, yeah he's great in this and uh, he comes aboard and he uh, immediately (laughs) takes to his post uh, and sort of uh, rubs many in their crew sort of the wrong way with his uh uh, his manner and and you know he's very brusque and and all that, uh, with the exception of Worf. You know, Worf. He kind of uh, is he pays him compliments and <laughs> and it's the reverse. You know, he treats everybody else very roughly and 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 Worf he he treats uh, with uh, very gently, and it just really gets under Worf's skin until finally they have this confrontation and and. Uh, in the in the Klingon's quarters, and a Wolf, great, <laughs> I am your brother. Sorry, a great revelation, <laughs> which is 
what you just said, that he's his brother. <laughs> and everyone in the audience goes, what? And and the episode just, it, it's, it just takes this complete total turn. Uh, unexpected. Uh, uh, completely yeah. unexpected, uh, which I love. And now suddenly we get this whole uh, story about... Uh, Worf's family. Well, we get the explanation of how he has a brother who's, who's, who's a long-lost brother. He's a survivor of the Kittimer massacre, uh, but uh, he uh, he's uh, he was whisked whisked off to stay with this other family. He was eventually adopted into this other family, and he has chosen to come to Worf in this in the, at this time. Uh, because their family name is in jeopardy back on on Kronos, uh, they are accusing Worf's father and um, gosh, what's his name? Worf's brother, I forgot it. Kern. Kern. Thank you. Kern. Worf Commander Kern. Yeah. Commander Kern. Worf and Kern's brother uh, father is being accused of having Monk. been a Romulan uh, accomplice, a, co- to a the, collaborator. Yeah. A collaborator to the massacre that that left Worf an orphan, as a matter of fact. And uh, so Worf, his Klingon blood boils, and uh, they're off to the Enterprise is off to Kronos to uh, to confront the charges and, and clear and, and clear, clear the name the and name, v- much intrigue unfolds and it's very engrossing. And it, uh, we find out. We find out actually that there was never that the Klingon High Council was never intending, uh, or never even knew Worf would challenge the because he's all the way in Starfleet, Starfleet or whatever. Right. And it turns out that the real thing is a cover up for the real the House of Duras. Duras, yeah. And the House of Duras is on the Ascension, and uh, they need this cover. Yeah, they're not even on the Ascension. Uh, Kempek says, what is it? He says, like, they're uh, they're a powerful, very powerful house. Very powerful house, and they're they're, uh, they're consolidating their power, and part of this this power play is this, is to uh, take down uh, the House of Moog, and in this way, in this fashion, and... Um, the various intrigues happen. Picard gets involved and does some investigating on the planet. Oh, that's right. Uh, so, so Kern, do you remember Kern was originally the Shadish? The Shadish, and then, and then uh, he is and then uh, attacked. He's attacked, and then uh, Picard has then to Picard step in. Steps in and becomes the Shadish. Yeah, that's right. right. Worf asks him, and uh, so it's uh, it's basically Worf and Picard versus. The Klingon Empire, and <laughs> um, and as you as you said, uh, it's revealed. The truth is revealed, and in a surprising turn, Worf decides to take uh, take one for the team. The the because it, it would basically uh, it would uh, unleash civil war amongst the Klingon Empire if if it's revealed the truth about what the Duras family has done. And I think in a remarkably, it's in a remarkable ending, and it's a very rare ending for a Star Trek episode. It uh, the episode ends on on an extraordinary note of of almost um, despair. Uh, the 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 Klingon Council 
turns their back to right. Worf. And it's it, that's the end of the episode. Is you see Worf accepting uh, the bearing the weight of the of the shame that has been pronounced upon the his house, a the fate, house of a fate truly worse than death. For yeah, Klingon. yeah. And and there's that's the end of the episode. And I have to. What, what do you have memories of seeing that for the first yeah, time? And, and how do. do you feel now seeing that? That oh, ending, good. that ending is is so compelling. I do remember uh, as a kid seeing this episode and uh, being really excited about a lot of things uh, about it. But but yeah, I remember being uh, particularly moved by uh, quite a few things. This this whole episode actually uh, is the start of another huge thing, uh, a, a huge story uh, that unfolds uh, throughout Star Trek: The Next Generation, and you know. I I often hear Star Trek being described as, um, you know, a, a show that that only y- you could just pop, hop in Star Trek: The Next Generation and Star Trek: The Original sh- Series. You can just hop in at any point, mm-hmm. and and you can just watch it, and it changes from week to week. And while that's true for the most part, there's also a reward for people watching the series, which is there are a few of these like arcs that kind of are there and I think this is the beginning of one uh, you know we, we we get these kind of themes that, that flesh out over time and I, I think this is one of the best ones the whole wharf this is where I think it gets kind of the the the, the engine saga. starts the yeah. saga of wharf and, and the Klingons and things like that kind of just start and so it's exciting to see that you know we get a little hint um, uh, previously with uh with Susie Plaxen, uh, Kalar, right? Kalar, you know, and uh, is that her name? Of, yeah, 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 Kalar, yeah. Um, anyways, the, the, very exciting. And so, as a kid, I do remember that being cool. But you know, I never, uh, I never really like, uh, I never really appreciated kind of the uh, sacrifice Worf makes because, uh, like, now I kind of understand it in to some degree. I've I've never been in a situation quite like this, but you know, you uh, you're tested sometimes as you go through life, uh, and your honor and and things like that are very important to you. And so, it is a little bit more meaningful for me as an adult. Um, the thing I also remember uh, being excited about as a kid is, and if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time we see the Klingon. Uh, the Imperial City and the homeworld, and like, really go to 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 Klinzai, which I think it's called. Or Klinzai, oh, I called it Kronos. Kronos, yeah, maybe it's Kronos, but I'm not sure. It's like we'll have to look it up, of course. But either way, it's the first city of the uh, Klingon Empire. <clears throat> um, you're absolutely right uh, about the episodic nature of 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 Next Generation. And this is a very atypical episode, and I think that's why uh, uh, I was excited about it back then, and I'm excited about it now because it, 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 it this is Worf's story. With, with this episode, you, you, they really establish Worf as pretty much in the top tier of of characters of Next Generation. I mean, you've got Picard, obviously, because he's the captain. And and he has many ongoing stories, pretty much with with Q. You know, Q and him continue on throughout the, the series. And, Data, and we, 
through also Picard's, you know, um, fascination with archaeology and things like right. that. That those are interesting like stories that we explore as well. Right. Uh, but I mean, you can string all the Q episodes together, yeah, and it's, true. it's like one you know, little storyline. In, in fact, aren't they sold? Aren't some of these episodes sold as box sets? Like, if I yes, recall correctly, I like on VHS, away. you yes. used to get like the Klingon box set, and then the you got the Q box set, and like the Borg box set, and like you know there were like all these kind of like. I just gave them away. I used to have oh, them right did. there. Yeah, <laughs> used I just to gave them away. I have them. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Data is probably, you know, Data competes with Picard for that top position. Uh, you know, he has many ongoing storylines. But now, with Worf, uh, this, the, 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 his story becomes almost... Uh, just becomes linked with the the rise and fall of the politics on in the Klingon Empire, and it goes all the way through DS Nine, and uh, this this episode starts all of that, and I I I, I love it. I love the <laughs> intrigue. Um, I love the parts where Picard sort of goes undercover. I mean, literally, I mean, he's, like, you know, hiding himself know, under a under a hood and, and finding the... Celeste. Right, who was the... Uh, not, uh, nurse. Nurse, and um, the, the, the dialogue that they, uh, that the Klingons have also takes on this almost pseudo-Shakespearean... Oh, yeah, they have a uh, very nice... It's a, Klingons have a very uh, sort of formal... A uh, way of speaking that harkens back to a human uh, past, you know, and, and as a matter of fact, I think even just like Klingons really aren't far from how we perceive maybe the Vikings c- culture, you know, like a Viking type culture. Uh, of marauders and raiders and <laughs> you know like like uh, there's just something about Klingons that's reminiscent of some of these great warrior well, e- even today warrior cultures of of our past and even you're gonna say even today yeah I I, I mean just to to take a soundbite out of the the recent news they had uh, uh, those bombings in Iran. That uh, the terrorists just had, and and the uh, the response of the Iranian uh, uh, police force uh, is is uh, or I don't know if it's military police or whatever. But they say, you know, we will take revenge. Right. You know, you, you don't imagine <laughs> the U.S. ever like the FBI or or the military was like, we will avenge. You know, but you know, it's the Klingons sort of have that. Everything's just a little bit over the top, almost, and and it's it's um, it's juicy They're, dialogue. Yeah, it's it's, it's the way they speak. There's a lot of you know. It's the everything just seems to be slightly elevated, and even um, the the going back to the nursemaid, who's who's a great character, and uh, and and I think Patrick Stewart had a great time. You know, playing opposite her, you know, the, trying to get her to, you know, to, to to give testimony and the back and forth, and when she finally shows up and uh, the in I the, get, court, I, in the council room, yeah, right? Chamber. And I don't know if he's a he's a I guess he's a chancellor, 
and he's he's kind of like, oh, it's nice to see you, and she's her response is like, you're still fat or something like that. But the, yeah. the way it's played off, it's it's just. Well, there's also a hint of of a, a bigger story there that uh, that we get through just the dialogue, which is also really wonderful. Like, uh, you know, you see that there's this like the Kim Peck is aged. You know, he's an older kind of leader, and he's he is. You know, like that's the big thing that you notice about him is he's imposing and and rather large. You know. But you imagine him as a young, a youthful Klingon, and he even says in the one scene where he uh, is uh, revealing to Worf the the truth about why everything's happening, is that he served with uh, Moog and he served with Worf's father. So there's this connection, and even even Worf's father, um, Worf's family was a prominent family. It looks like you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they could first of all they could afford a nurse for their children. Um, Kaylest, you know, and things like that. And she says to Picard, she's, you know, in that dramatic kind of but beautiful, sumptuous way, like, I am dead, I died, I once served a, a proud family and a, mm-hmm. you know, like a really, you know, like honorable family. And, and now all that's over. It's like in one flash, the whole family collapsed. And like, you know, you could see that the that it was a very big blow to to these characters because they had they'd put a lot of hope in that family you know and that and you know so perhaps perhaps had had Worf's family not died and he would be now um on the council himself or his father would be on the council if not even is it the emperors are the, is the Klingon, is Kim Peck the emperor of the Klingon no, Empire? No, I, I, like, I don't think so. No, I forget how is how it works again. But um, yeah, he's a high he's high up there, but I don't think he's the emperor. I think now. the only emperor is Kalis, right? Like no, no, there are emperors. Yeah, but um, but what I don't think that? he's the emperor. Well, it's worth looking up. We'll look it up in a second. But um, yeah, but I really noticed that, and I loved that, like through dialogue and and just really good story old-fashioned storytelling we actually find out so much about Worf his family their place in the uh, in the empire and also the state of the empire as a matter of fact mm-hmm. uh, because it looks like they're being held hostage by a corrupt family oh huh sounds familiar <laughs> huh. an empire being held hostage by a corrupt family. Why does that sound familiar? Sounds so familiar. Okay. Anyways, hmm. uh. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hmm, very, very oh. pointed uh, commentary oh, there, sir. Oh, doctor, you, you have, have a singular wit. wit. I do sometimes. It's true. I apologize. Yeah, I, know. Um, I agree with you. But anyways, very compelling <laughs> stuff. And uh, uh, again, Worf's. Uh, the solution is totally unexpected too. I was, I knew that. Well, I hoped that Worf wouldn't have to die, but the yeah, that I knew. I'd forgotten yeah. how it was resolved, though. To yeah, be honest, the discommodation. I mean, like he. I mean, it's actually really great. Uh, again, just wonderful drama. I mean, skipping to the end here for a moment, um, but uh, Patrick Stewart. This is one of those episodes where, like, Patrick Stewart. He's such a good actor because he manages to like be the most amazing performer but he doesn't like steal the scene if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense you know i mean like he has a great way of like being support 
yeah, supporting support, but the. Like, yeah. But even just being epic, and you know, it, it really is Michael Dorn's moment. You know, what I mean, like it is, and it and it remains so. But there is that like exciting moment where you know Picard's like. You know, Kim Peck threatens the. Oh, they the give him the knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, know threatens yeah. the alliance between yes. the Federation. He's like, "You're talking about alliances <laughs> when you're, you're the your honor, like the Klingon Empire, is built on lies right now." Oh like, yeah. You know, he's just like he just tells him like no, and he's like, and and now I'm speaking as the captain of the Enterprise, and you will not harm this member of my One crew. Of, you know, right. it's like, and he's like. You know, Picard's not messing around, like, no. and Kempek knows it. Like, <laughs> this is like, this is already a decorated uh, captain, and and you know the flagship of the uh, of the Federation, and here here he is defending uh, Worf's honor. It's just like really exciting drama. It's just so good. That moment that you just mentioned, actually, uh, it you know up and up and up until that moment, up until that moment. Uh, when I was rewatching it, one of the things that bothered me was uh, when he does ask Picard uh, to be his uh, was it Shadish? Shadish. Um, there was a little little voice in the back of my head going, "Why isn't he ask Riker?" You know, <laughs> it, it seems like like him and Riker have that bond, not him and Picard. Um, but and and, 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 then, and then moving Warf. on. Hmm? You have to think of it, the honor compels Worf to ask Captain Picard. You well, know what I mean? Like, that, that but and also he genuinely, like, I think, as you see here, based on, you know, we've had lots of discussions about uh, Picard's prowess and diplomacy and, and uh, like, his knowledge. The fact alone that Picard knows the response already in Klingon to accept the position of the Shadish, to me, right. is, like... I was oh, so yeah. pr- you know what I mean? Like yeah. Worf asked him to be the Shadish and then he responds in, in Klingon. Klingon. Like, it's like he just knows you know, it's like right. and Riker couldn't have the, done that, yeah. Right. And he knows all the pers- well, Riker might have been able to do it, but just, there's just something so it's nah. it's <laughs> But then he even knows like the nuances of the law, you know, like he, he tells uh Kales not to speak unless it's an open not to reveal the hand, you know, he's like uh, he's like, no, you don't have to speak. All testimony has to be given in open counsel, you know. And so there's just all these things like that are just so impressive. And it just again, I, we've uh, we've probably beaten this point to into the ground. Uh, and we got some interesting responses that we have to address on uh, on YouTube. But a lot of interesting discussion. Oh. And by the way, uh, to the viewers uh, who do take the time to comment and discuss, we're so immensely grateful because it actually changes our ideas and sometimes uh, you know as i've said before we don't really know everything <laughs> we're we are casual we are informal we're huge fans but we're not necessarily the most knowledgeable fans so it is always wonderful to get insight from other fans and so please uh i hope uh i hope you're enjoying uh uh being a participant uh on on our comments but uh what i will say is that you know, we talked about what. Why don't we have a diplomatic corps on on board the uh, Enterprise? You know, and again, it just feels to me like it's evident from watching how Picard handles situations and how the rest of the crew that diplomacy is just a natural part of training in 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 Starfleet. And I think that, like, you know, uh, just kind of putting more thought into it, it's like it wouldn't hurt to have a di- diplomatic 
kind of background for any military officer in any military. Can you imagine the difference our military uh, would have if if uh, more of the uh, soldiers and and so on uh, had a little bit of training in diplomacy and what diplomacy means and how it works and you know and so on and so forth just so that if there's ever the opportunity to uh, interact with another um, you know uh, country countrymen country folk uh, you know and then you're able to represent your country in a in a wonderful way like in a in a very like diplomatic way I should say mm-hmm. uh, I think that would enhance a military operation uh, to the nth power because I think right now and we're seeing this as evidence you know in our local law enforcement departments and you know and just things you know in a situation as tense as it can be uh where you're trying to where you're in a situation that involves weaponry and and your life is on the line etc it's hard to be diplomatic um but if you had the training uh you know then maybe the outcome could be dramatically different as we see Mm -hmm. so many times in star trek (laughs) (laughs) but uh i i digressed uh, majorly here, Doctor. <laughs> so, it's all right. It, that's it's a casual and informal, right? Informal, yeah, it's true. Uh, I I have a couple of notes that I didn't realize I took when I uh, watched the episode, and, and I guess we can go through them. But um, I wanted to remark on um, Tony Todd for a moment. Um, oh yeah. So recently, uh, fans will know him as uh, what's uh, Zoom on the. Do you watch the Flash? I watched the first season, but I haven't caught up to it. To it, it. I think it is the first season where they introduce Zoom, isn't it? Like the, uh, the, the the other reverse. speedster. Yeah, like, uh-huh. he's just maybe I like, haven't finished watching the first season. Maybe I don't know. I was enjoying it, but I maybe I yeah. just haven't finished watching it. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's not like yeah. The best, no, I but, enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, but anyways, he plays the other speedster. Ooh, your subspace Ooh. communication. Oh. <laughs> it's Emma. Hold on a minute. Hold okay, minute. okay. <laughs> so let's look up uh, what the Klingon Empire, right. what uh, Kimpek is. Um, uh, it's gone well. I'm actually, I'm actually on the air right now on Starfleet Boy. <laughs> so you are as well. Hi. Sorry, Sahel so said we had. He wanted to do one today. I said, yeah, sure. Why not? I'm home. I'm sorry. You okay? All right. I'll call you back. We're almost done. We are almost done. I love you. Bye. Oh, he's going, oh. (laughs) Hey, she wants to see the cat. Oh, uh, he's he's sleeping right now. He's like having a little cat nap. But he might make an appearance when there is. No, you're fine. That's Go actually, ahead. I think we, uh, I think we really enjoy the, uh, the occasional. Oh, uh, does that did that record everything? Oh yeah, we can't really stop hangouts. It's just that's how but it's gonna, that, oh, <laughs> that's sh- like how okay. it is, you know. Right. But I did take the opportunity to look up uh, Kim Peck's role, and um, he is the chancellor, chancellor of the Klingon there we High go. Council. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's Chance- Chancellor Goron, right? He's yeah, the, like exactly. So I totally forgot that. Like yeah, like Gorkon and and Galron. Yeah. So back on. to Tony Todd. Yeah. So he's he's just a really great actor. And he was he, the Candy Man. 
Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot. Not not Sammy Davis Jr., but uh, <laughs> no, the, the those awful, horror movies. The horror movies, which I can't watch. I can't watch those. Horror I've never movies. seen them so either, actually. But I, yeah, I remember the posters. And uh, I think I want to say I want to say he was in the Final Destination movies, maybe. Oh, he might have been. Was he Death? I think I saw that with you, Sue. Maybe I don't know. That was a very long time ago. Well, he is also in Deep Space Nine. He as yeah as his as Kern, and well, you know, we'll have we'll have him back again later. Um, without, Many times, oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, a couple times more on oh. Star Trek: The Next Generation. But um, yeah, so it's good to it's good to have him and and his voice is very distinct and his oh he's, he's very, great. He's very now tall. Deep I Space loved, Nine um, isn't he? Um, isn't he also? Do you have IMDb up? No, I can pull it up right now. Go oh, on. Okay. No, I, I isn't he old Jake Cisco? Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, he is. Oh yeah, my gosh. it's great. He's he's really he's a, he's a, he's a great a, he's I love him. He's a great actor. Yeah, and um, you're absolutely and he, right. That episode. Oh my gosh. He has wonderful rapport with with Dorn, and uh, and then I mean, of course, you know, Michael Dorn. We can't we can't continue on any further without commenting that uh, you know. This episode really is an amazing showcase for for Dorn and uh, his character, and uh, as as I said, his character sort of, you know, enters one of the uh, enters the top tier of of Star Trek with this episode and his importance in in the greater universe, and uh, and I, I think Dorn rises to the occasion. I mean, he has. Uh, he sort of he you know before this episode we'd gotten a few Klingon you know we'd had a few Klingon episodes including the ones where those three Klingons are woken up and and they're sort of from the past and we'd had the Klingons that were aboard that Riker was hanging out with and and I think I think I'd mentioned that those Klingons sort of seemed you know rewatching it now they they seemed sort of um they're not they're not the real klingons you know like like they're not the klingons that i really like i would the 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 klingons from this point on sort of take on a more uh, uh like i said uh it's almost like a fantasy type I think scenario, you know, it's a, it's the kind yeah. of you know the the plots and the characterizations and the characters that we we see come out of Klingon storylines, beginning from this point on. It, they, they're all it's almost like like they're out of some sort of fantasy world. Uh, they're they're not the typical uh, Star Trek type plots and stuff. It, it's it, it's it's juicier. It's um, it's more. I mean, to use a to steal something from the the current television landscape, it's more Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, those st- the Klingon stories fit a Game of Thrones style show more than they do a star a typical Star Trek they, episode. They, yeah, I, but you know, uh, like and, and again, I love this it. is this is <laughs> this is uh, you know. I feel like again Star Trek: The Next Generation because it had a proper 
a proper run as a television show, it really had took advantage of and utilized the opportunity to flesh out these characters. I mean, um, the original series, we had a, you know, we had, of course, the Klingons were introduced in the original series, but we really, you know, we only really knew so much about them. And then in the Mm -hmm. films, you get the Klingons in Star Trek, the motion picture, and then you get them again in in Star Trek three, which we seem to have stopped on and we're not going to record anymore. What? No, 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 we will. We will. Dude, we're we're going there. Don't worry about it. Come on. But anyways, anyways, um, that was it. That was. We've just, still got how many that, seasons left of that Next wasn't Generation? An underhanded kind of thing or anything like that. You know, it's just uh, yeah, Star Trek yeah, Four. Yeah, you know, it's coming up. It's but anyways, coming up, um, coming soon to a theater get, near you. The only thing you really know about the Klingons until Star Trek Six is that they're the, they're an enemy of the Federation and that they're brutal and ruthless and and barbaric and you know uh, um, they're 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 kind of used as a way yeah. to show they're one note fairly yeah right exactly and then in yeah. Star Trek Six. Which you get is, nuance, which is after this. Which episode. is after this, which is so it's yeah. really next generation is responsible again for absolutely for uh, for bringing uh, Klingons into a different light, if you will. Yeah, so I, I think, adding yeah. nuance and adding mm-hmm. all this intrigue and 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 really setting them up as uh, as a very distinct culture and um, uh, sort of you know those. Types of storylines and and it, it extends into Deep Space Nine and uh, much like how the Ferengi come alive in Deep Space Nine too. Because correct, had it, had it not been for Quark, I think we would c- continue to think of the Ferengi as as a, a kind of a laughable, you know, bumbling, you right? Know, correct, again, bar- barbaric kind of uh, group of. Uh, Aliens, <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely, absolutely. And um, I think also some some credit has to go to just every every everybody was involved in the production in terms of the lighting and the production design. Uh, as you said, this is I think this is the first time that we see the the home world, and and uh, they did a, a great job. I mean, it did, you know the Klingon home world is, is just. It's just a world of shadows, and you just don't know what's lurking behind these corners. Um, uh, it, it feels like a planet where, yeah, you could, you know, it, it's almost like a spooky old castle that just covers the whole world. Uh, it's medieval. It's yeah, there is a very, that's a great way of describing it, like the aesthetic of the Klingon. Homeworld is reminiscent of like you know the medieval Europe and and castles and and they, just the whole thing you know Klingons have their own form of chivalry you know their code of honor and mm-hmm. uh, it's just an interesting way it's an interesting uh, shift that we make you know from the let's call them the original series era Klingons to the next generation era Klingons and I really. For me, the original series Klingons were okay, and I know there were always fans that dressed up as Klingons and things like that. But like once you get to the next generation, that's when I really started to love Klingons, and I was right. like, you know, it's like right. oh, you know, Klingons are amazing, you know. Right. Um, 
so going back to the to the kind of I, I have a qu- another kind of note here I really enjoyed how the the first like whatever it is 15 to 20 minutes of, of Commander Kern on the Enterprise had, let's just say like nothing ever happened and it was just a you know a ship exchange it was actually pretty humorous uh, so far some of the things that I remember being funny were like you know was how in front of Captain Picard Kern's like very uh you know he's very eager to please picard like he even like you know uh, holds himself back and he tries to be as like you know eloquent as possible around picard but then around everyone else he's just like this bossy kind of like you know barking orders and and things like that and uh even (laughs) that scene where Riker tries to help him it's so intense yeah and he's like you know yeah yeah, had this been a, a Klingon ship I would have killed you you. but then interestingly and funny I think there is humor there that Kern probably intended that another Klingon might have uh, understood but Riker took it very seriously and it isn't until the the captain's mess hall scene where they're having um, uh, that turkey dinner (laughs) with caviar that he just kind (laughs) of laughingly says I almost had to kill your commander Riker you know like it's like just this kind of like it was just it was a humorous start to the episode and I really liked all that stuff that was happening and you know I'm glad that the episode took a turn to the you know to the plot thickens uh, direction with the Klingons and the discommodation but I really liked how like you really would. Uh, I don't recall uh, having any clue where this was going when I first saw this, and and I thought it was clever that the writers just started it off as what would be like maybe a light-hearted episode, and then turned it into a really heavy episode. Absolutely, it, it, it was a, I, I, it was a total surprise. I, I think uh, there have been a few other episodes in the past that I've, I think I've said, oh, it started off this way, and then it suddenly whoosh, goes this way. And and this one I thought was exceptionally clever because it's playing on that other episode that we had already seen. Like you said, rewarding longtime viewers who they're going to be like, oh, this episode's going to be about, you know, it's going to be the reverse of that episode. And, and, and you know, it, it actually, you know, you imagine it being a Riker episode, you know, because like you said, that scene in the turbo lift and. Uh, you know, you expect, well, it's going to, you know, Riker is going to have to somehow intercede and, and you know, maybe there's going to be tension between him and the Klingon officer and blah, blah, blah. Right, there might have been, been a space battle or some kind of, you know, something I mean, that, that... You, you can almost like... picture the whole episode in your head <laughs> as true. soon as it starts. And you're sort of like, so you, you, as a viewer, it's almost like it, it's, you know, you're sort of... in. You're tricked into complacency about how to deal with it. Like, oh, yeah, I know how it's going to go. Oh, yeah, look at Wesley. Yeah, okay, he can't deal with it. Oh, yeah, right. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, what? He's Worf's brother. Yeah. Um, That that scene is great. Um, You know, the the revelation, et cetera. (laughs) But I kind of liked how he was taunting Worf in that one moment. And he was describing the Enterprise as, like, built for luxury and comfort. Uh-huh, you know, yeah. and, the, and then it's probably thinned out his uh, his blood. And then Worf gets crazy and, like, grabs the chair. And, like, he's like, that was so, great. so your blood is not thin after all. <laughs> it's like. Uh, <laughs> that was great. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, up until that moment, you you it, you're still like, oh, I know how this is gonna go. But then when he reveals himself to be the brother, and then you can hear the whole thing about the the, the family, and and you know that the they're throwing the family into shame and all this stuff. Then you're like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah, and um, then Picard Picard set course for the first city of the Klingon Imperial Empire. I like that. Like, just everything he says is, like, yeah. wonderful Patrick Stewart. <laughs> and, and it becomes really a, a two-hander between Dorn and Patrick Stewart. It's, it's almost... Actually, Patrick Stewart steals the show, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, he does, but he, again, graciously, like, he does Graciously, really, but like, he like, does. He, I mean, it's just... Well, it's Patrick Stewart. I mean, he's, I, like... He's badass I just, in this episode. He I, really is. Just... God, like, he's, like, a real true gem in our time. And it's amazing that, like, a lot of people uh, who didn't know Patrick Stewart before Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, I feel bad for them, but he's always been amazing. Like, I remember him as Gurney. Dune. Yeah, and then... Oh, what is it? Like, uh, what's that line? Like a horse's ass, I return (laughs) to the desert or whatever. I don't know. But then then Life Force, he's in Life Force. Like, do you remember Life Force? (laughs) He's in Life Force, yes. He's He's an Excalibur, dude. He's an Excalibur, that's right. I forgot. He's also an Excalibur. He's in so many great things. Uh, Mm -hmm. Patrick Stewart's been around for a while. and But then... I mean, and just recently, I don't know if you've seen Logan. Did you go see Logan? And uh, I saw it in, in the theater twice. Yeah. Did you see I the it black was and white? Exceptional. Did you see the black no, and white? No, okay. I missed it because it was like at eleven something at night. Oh, uh, that's a shame. I couldn't Anyways, watch it. but just him and Logan. I mean, just so you oh, think yeah. an actor gets you know an opportunity to play one amazing great character, right? So you think, oh, you know, that's like. For William Shatner, it's Captain Kirk, and for mm. Patrick Stewart, it might oh, I thought be. you were gonna say T.J. Hooker, but okay, yeah, <laughs> Kirk was fine, yeah. <laughs> and for like, so for Patrick Stewart, like, you know, you would think, okay, well, Captain Picard might be his right. greatest, like, thing. Right. no, he goes on to to be Professor X, Professor X, and like define yeah. Professor X on the cinema as like no one else could, you know. I mean, even and, James, and his performance lives on through. What's James his name? McAvoy, yeah. Right. <laughs> James yeah. McAvoy is the Chris Pine to William Shatner's Kurt. Absolutely. Or, yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah, it's like kind of like that thing. But anyways, the point is is that like yeah, I mean Picard can't uh Picard. Patrick Stewart can't help it. He is such a great actor. Like he's yeah. just naturally so amazing and I'm glad yeah. to see uh, these moments, but again, he is gracious. Like I don't, I don't ever get the impression that he's like stepping in front of actors. No, you know? no, 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 no. no. Like, but I it's just, it's, it's so good, and and I think, uh, I think the story was, was just really, like I said, it's just a juicy story, and and like you, and to echo what you said, this is the episode where you really fall in love with Klingons, and right. and, and this is the beginning of. The next generation style Klingons, the true next generation style Klingons. It wasn't those previous episodes. Um, this is where it real. This is this is where it starts. Yeah, those previously it was just kind of like more. There was like a little teasers, but this is like yeah. the meat. They gave us the dinner finally. It's like finally, here's your, yeah. Here's your the, the, full the course, blood. Like. What, what, do they, what do they eat? Blood. <laughs> the something. Blood, blood sausage or blood whatever. S- <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, but um. The great I have hall. A qu- oh, go, go, ahead. go ahead. I was going to mention that the great hall set. Gorgeous. Should look, 
but should look familiar to you because it's that weird kind of triangular roof. And we'll see that over and over again in Star Trek Next Generation. I think we've already seen it um, a couple of times, but you'll see, you'll recognize it again in the in the Mask of Musaka episode for sure is one place oh. where I can recall that they use that same kind of Musaka. set. <laughs> I know. Wait till we get to that one. Oh uh, <laughs> Anyways, whoa! I just triggered some like memories yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look at you. Uh, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say is that um, the, there was a when when this episode aired and you know, moving on. This is when you know Kling, you know the the idea of a Klingon spinoff of some kind started to sort of make rounds and people were like, oh, well, but we could do this, we could do that. And I, I was just going to ask you, if, if, if you could give any show a Klingon, give it a Klingon remake, what show would it be? Like, it's this, it's this show, but it's Klingon. <laughs> you know, you know how, they, how, how they Klingon... Yeah, there's Klingon Shakespeare and all this stuff. Like, what show would you give a Klingon makeover to? I feel like a Klingon, a great Klingon uh, makeover episode would. There's a there's a few a that show. come to mind. There, a yeah, show. there's a few yeah. that come to mind. But Mission Impossible seems like a good one to translate into Klingons. Wow. <laughs> could you could you imagine like an elite task force of Klingons that go on these like impossible missions Dude. for the Klingon Empire, right? So that's one oh that I had in mind. But if you want to take another tip, another that's another, interesting. If you want to go in another direction, you could do uh, this show that's on right now that everyone loves that's based on uh, Jamie Jamie from Doctor Who, uh, Jamie McCrimmon's character. Outlander? Outlander could be a great Klingon. <laughs> like a Klingon a Outlander. Klingon Outlander. Like a Klingon heroine gets transported to the Klingon past <laughs> to the time of Kalos or something like that. You know? Like, like, like. I love it. That's great. So that could be another one that I see translated that's, to Klingon. That, that's phenomenal. That's, those guess, are great. And then I guess the obvious choice should be like Game of Thrones or Vikings. You know, I feel like those Game yeah. of Thrones could, as you had said earlier, they just kind of like the Klingons just kind of lend to that. And I think yeah. that kind of like stage that level of like intrigue and like fighting for the throne, if you will, uh, is, is something that 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 Correct. would be very obviously Klingon, as as you had said earlier. So, yeah, I agree with that one. <laughs> what about it's, you? What what shows do you I, oh, do you see being Klingon? Klingonified. I would, in a heartbeat, I would do House of Cards. Yes. I would love. I would pay serious money to see Robin Wright Penn as a Klingon and, and Kevin Spacey as Klingons. Well, she plays. Uh, she plays an Amazon in Wonder and, Woman. And yeah, so that's about as cl- that's probably close, as close as we'll get. We get and it, yeah. she's pretty fierce, I have to say. Gosh, so. I called her Robert Wright Penn, and she's no longer married to Sean Penn. I'm I'm so sorry. I feel uh, really bad. She divorced well, him like 20 years ago. If she's listening, Fuck, we apologize. Sorry, sorry yeah. about that. Damn. This is Miss Robin Wright. <laughs> it's Robin Wright. Sorry about that. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm I'm dating myself there. Claire, um, Claire, you have dishonored me in this situation, and I must tell you that I will kill 
you no i don't know it's like stupid. can you imagine a Klingon on kevin spacey doing those asides straight to the camera in the I mean, southern I, accent <laughs> that would be hilarious if we had a Klingon with a southern accent i think that would be only kevin weird. spacey could do it he yeah he could pull it off he would do it uh can we talk a little bit about duras Oh, of course. You're right. This is the the first appearance of the House of Duras, which is, of course, is going to... I mean, God, that that house. <laughs> Cheers to the House of Duras. <laughs> he is such... I don't know how to describe him other than say that Duras is a complete bitch. Um I hated him. Wow. Yeah. So much. You you yeah. love to hate Duras and I think that's like a really uh <laughs> a really powerful thing like to have someone introduce that you really don't like. <laughs> yeah. Um you know the the House of Duras becomes this ongoing foe for Worf because obviously you know we'll have other Duras's the Duras sisters uh isn't there a little boy that they're going to send to the throne at one point? Oh, uh, gosh. There's yeah. so much. Do- yeah, I mean, the- there's so much. See, that's the thing. It, it's just, it's great. Um, <laughs> I love it. It's the beginning of a huge thing. Yeah, it's true. It's, some, right. it's like Macbeth or something. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it just keeps going. And and um, I remember as a kid just living for, for these Klingon episodes. Um and and you know again uh, the, the Duras family golly um i was very sad actually when i th- i i can't think of of who there has really hasn't been anything else i mean i, th- I think the Duras family that that whole thing just kind of stopped after yeah i guess after Goron ascended the chan- the the to being chancellor but i wish there would have been like just some little Duras somewhere just kicking around, just still trying to stick it to Worf, you know, because uh, it was just so so juicy um, uh, to to see that that kind of of, of melodrama there. Uh, but yeah, the the Duras family is definitely um, a family to hate. <laughs> on Oops, Star I Trek. agree. Yeah, it's true. Um. And it, you know, it is kind of a sad thing that the Klingon Empire is actually this great empire, is uh, basically hostage to this very like prominent and well-to-do family that uh, is not above lying and deceit and treachery, you know. And it's like, <laughs> like it, it kind of puts this kind of, it does kind of, you know, it it does. Um, mm-hmm. It does kind of strike at the. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know what you're. I, I'm sorry. I, thought, I, I was riveted to those James Comey uh, <laughs> things this earlier today. So you're saying all this. I'm like, are we talking about Star Trek or are we talking about I, you know, reality? Like to, so isn't this a wonderful Scary. reason why our fiction is sometimes a warning of what of what can happen? You know. Wow. Um, yeah. I don't. I want. I don't. I just want to make it clear that I. I don't want to go all out and accuse you know <laughs> any family of of, of uh, being uh, like this but 
but one just cannot help but wonder. <laughs> Kushner <laughs> does sign Klingon, but okay, go <laughs> ahead. You said it, not I. Right. But anyway, I'll, I'll take. I'll take the play. Uh, you'll I'll take, take it. Okay, play. great. <laughs> Let, let's hope you're. I, I will be your shadish. Uh, <laughs> and use and use diplomacy when when the time is when the time is right. Um, Thank you, sir. Yeah, but you're right. We haven't even met Lursa and Bator yet, um, and I think the uh, the Memory Alpha has a good article about the House of Duras that uh, I highly recommend everyone. Um, I would read, read a novel of. I bet there are this stuff. There's uh, got to be. There's got to be. I'm sure there stuff. is. I have to. I have to confess. I've, I've. I haven't read them. I know there's a Kalos novel, uh, which is which is kind of going a little off topic, but um, but still, um, you know, I think you know the 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 this starting with this episode, you know, the, the storytelling involved. It just it, again, it, it's it's more like the kind of plots and character development that you expect in, in a fantasy novel rather than uh, uh, you know your typical tech heavy science fiction and and you know it affords a chance for the show to almost uh, you know jump a genre you know uh, it, it shows the, the the ability for the show to uh, you know ex- expand its boundaries as to what kind of stories it can tell. Uh, you know, one of the again going back to one of my favorite shows, Doctor Who. Um, you know, one of the great things about Doctor Who is that you can almost tell any kind of story within the framework of that show. And and Star Trek, uh, I think, push Next Generation uh, pushed the what kind of story it could tell. When it introduced the Klingons as they did in this episode, right. and 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 it was something that you know you could tell a some, uh, uh, a more f- you know almost fantasy type or medieval type whatever the uh, story filled with more intrigue and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I mean, it it does feel Shakespearean. I mean, you know, the, <coughs> it totally the does. politics in the background and and all that. So hello. Oh, what happened? Bless you. And um, oh, you kind of disappeared for a second. Um, we're almost. Uh, well, yeah. no, we should be at that time where uh, you you uh, consult the uh, the book. The book. <laughs> what does the book say, the Doctor? Book. The book. <laughs> and when we say the book, of course, we are referring to the Star Trek: The Next Generation companion written by uh, the amazing Larry Namasek. I finally saw because I'm very you know I'm very behind on all the social media interactions that that you have through through the show but i i saw that he responded to you on twitter oh yeah that's yeah. super exciting dude <laughs> uh i've noticed that uh he's very uh he's very engaged with uh oh with, my God, with star trek so fans cool. yeah he's a really seems like a very uh seems like a very nice and wonderful person but i am not surprised <laughs> well um, if he's listening, if he's watching, thank you, thank you. We, I, I love your books, and and you know, I, I, I show it off just because you know I, I want people to know this is. And you can have. still, 
you can still get this book uh, through Amazon.com. Uh, Larry Namasek has a store there, and I feel like you can feel like I remember you can get the book there. And again, I do feel sometimes I do feel a little guilty because I don't want to. You know, I don't read everything that's here. By the way, obviously, no, of course. But by I the want way, people to go ahead. While, while you're looking up this episode, you were right. It is Quonos that they go to the homeworld. I don't know where I got Klinzai from. <laughs> uh, oh, it won an Emmy for art Whoa. direction. What? For production designer Richard nice. James and set decorator Jim Mees. Well, it's well deserved. Like I said, th- that they went crazy in their production mm-hmm. design. Mm-hmm. Uh... Oh, I didn't. Wow, he's in Platoon. I don't remember him. Wow, it says that um, all of, uh, that uh, Tony Todd, who was a longtime Trek fan, he's an actor and a playwright. I didn't realize that. And has played many stage, TV, and film roles. He auditioned four times for guest spots on The Next Generation before he scored with the part of Kern, who would return later in the series. Um, yeah. Oh. Oh, I have a little bit... In between here, I wasn't wrong. So, Klingani or Klinzahai or Kaz were all names of the Klingon homeworld before it was Quonos. Uh, they predate Star Trek VI. The Undiscovered Country have offered several other names according to the Starfleet Medical Reference Manual released in 1977. The Klingon homeworld was the planet Klingani or Klingani also known as Epsilon Sagittarii B. According to Star Trek Maps, Chart B, released in 1980, the homeworld was the planet Kaj, and the star it orbited was called Klingon. In the reference book, The Worlds of the Federation, which is where I'm getting it That's from, because I, oh. I have the Worlds of the Federation. Oh, cool. The homeworld was called both Klinzai and Kling. The name Klinzai first appeared in 1984 novel The Final Reflection, Kling and Klinzai yes, have also been used I read that. in the Fossa R- RPG, which I used to play, and various other novels, as well as in the Star Trek Starfleet Command video game series before the release of Star Trek VI. The Fossa so, one. That's the one with the whales <laughs> in the... Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I used to... So I wasn't wrong. I just you had a very wrong. old, old, old name in my head for yes, Quonos. I, hey, I respect that. <laughs> Dude... Do you realize I didn't I I didn't realize it. Do you realize who the uh the, the elder Klingon is? You mean uh K-Lest, the the nurse? No. The the I guess he's the chancellor or he's acting Kim-Pak. as a Kempek. Yeah, do you know who that is? No, who is that? He's appeared previously on Wait, did he appear previously? Or does he appear later? Well, he plays another prominent Klingon. Really? <gasps> On you the planet it. of intergalactic peace in Star Trek yes. V. Oh, crap. I forgot about that. Is it the same character? It's the same. No, it's the same actor. It's oh, veteran gee. actor Charlie Copper brought pride and forbearance to the role of the elder Klingon 
traits that because of a weak script he was unable to show off in the part of General Cord. Oh, he was General right. Cord in Star Trek V. Oh wow, you're absolutely right. That is him. Mm-hmm. That's funny. That's so good. I totally had forgotten. What a great reprisal. Yeah. Well, he. I don't know if it's a reprisal though, because Star well, Trek V came out in '89. Yeah. What a this great episode air. What a great way to continue. Like he, he's like. No. Known. Yes. This yeah, is after like, yeah. Star Trek V. Wow. Because this is 1990. Yeah. So he did, he made it right after, pretty yeah. much. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's great. All right. Kim Peck. Kim Peck. You are still fat, Kim Peck. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> oh, look, for one. Emma, there's there's Kitty Cat. Oh, I'm missing it. He's making an appearance. Look, hi. Hi there. Look at him. Hi, Arthur. <laughs> His head looks like it's disappearing because of how bright it is outside. Wait, did you read anything from the book? I did. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Well, okay. it, there's a lot more stuff, but but we well, pretty much covered off, it. Just a few little. And points. and I've been told by Emma that whenever the cat is in this is in shot, I should shut up. Oh wow! Because then it takes away from the cat being <laughs> on screen. So, so um, the, I know that the captain's dining room or his his mess hall is seen for the first time in this episode. <laughs> And it looks just like the conference room. Isn't it the? Co- I thought it was the conference room. It looks. It's exactly the same set. Oh, I, think, I thought it the was the conference room. room. But I think we see it again later. In I know they even. They, it even had the conference table there. I think, but <laughs> hence I think it's the conference room. <laughs> it is the conference room. Kales um, tells Picard that Moog was loyal to the Emperor. However, rightful heir will later establish that the Klingons haven't had an Emperor in 300 years. Oops. It can be assumed that Kales was abstractly referring to the Emperor Kales and his guiding principles for all Klingons. So that's a good assumption I would agree with. Mm. Um, Picard refers to the Klingon state as the Klingon Imperial Empire. A uh, redundant designation which was never used again. <laughs> That's funny. Well, um, on that note, yes, I think. Shall uh, we give it the rating? Oh, this is an easy rating. This is a ten. Oh wow. I'm gonna give it a ten too. There's no, uh, there's nothing to dispute. <laughs> there's nothing to dispute. Nothing so, at all. So an easy ten. Hey, I'm just noticing that season three is really freaking awesome. Like really we're, freaking. We're awesome. giving a lot of high ratings. I think yeah, for season it's three. It's all downhill now. after season three. No, it's not. Yeah. No, <laughs> you, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised as we continue our journey. Well, on that know. note. Unpleasantly, <laughs> pleasantly continuing. I must bid you adieu, Doctor. And uh, once again, it was uh, delightful to have you. And um, on a so, rare weekday excursion for us, which which is irrelevant to our audience, to be honest. Because, <laughs> but I like to point it out because right, we know that's, that's fine. <laughs> but yes, on a rare uh, on a rare uh, excursion for us. Um, but uh, I look forward to the next one, so live long and prosper, and we'll see you next time.